for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Larry Kruger, sports talk show host and pre and post game host at KNBR 680 and 1045 in San Francisco about the 49ers' huge turnaround win on Sunday night at Levi Stadium against division rival the Los Angeles Rams. 49ers entered the game 2-3, and three. they exit the game 3-3, three and three, and I think a lot of people are feeling like this could be the victory that turns things around for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, who was being shipped out of town last week, is looked at as the hero this week. The rushing attack was there, but a couple more injuries and a date with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots in Foxborough next week is what hangs over the 49ers as they head into Week 7. All things we'll discuss with Larry Kruger. It's Wednesday. October 21st. Always a pleasure talking football with my guy Larry Kruger. You can hear him on pre and post game, before and after 49er games, and of course, two to six every day on the Tolbert Kruger and Brick Show on KNBR. Larry, it was fun doing the pregame with you on Sunday. Even more fun, the result. 49ers get a win. Were you surprised at all, man, about the performance against the Rams? Oh my God, I totally was. And good to be with you, Copes. I'm very surprised. I thought the Rams would come in and beat the Niners down. I thought the Niner offensive line would get dominated by Aaron Donald, but I thought it was a genius uh, game plan and genius play calling, brilliant game plan from Kyle Shanahan, who who got everything he wanted out of the game. He got Jimmy G back in rhythm. He you know busted out that short passing game and neutralized Aaron Donald, shut him out statistically in the first half dominated the time of possession, ball came out quickly, got it to the skill position guys. I think if you're Kyle Shanahan, man, I mean, you can't call a better game than what you called on Sunday. I don't think it's any surprise Jimmy played better. Like, it it was pretty clear he was injured last week against Miami, and he looked more comfortable. A couple of times he even said it after the game. He held onto the ball longer than maybe anticipated because the coverage was good downfield, but also because he was getting protection. And you mentioned the offensive line. Maybe that's where we start. It was night and day from what we saw against the tough front of the Philadelphia Eagles, but against the Dolphins, they really just got beat up. I think a lot of credit goes to Dan Brunskill, how he handled Aaron Donald. But what did you think of how the offensive line performed, and why so much of a different performance? with really the same personnel, you think, from what we saw the last couple of weeks? I think one word, embarrassment. I mean, they got thoroughly embarrassed. I think the team was embarrassed, but I think the offensive line was embarrassed. And I think, you know, some of these guys like McGlinchey, who got a little bent at people calling them out, I think they got a couple guys, you know, put fingers in their chest this week saying, hey, you know what? You should be called out, you know, and you got to answer the music and you got to be better. You know, first of all, they needed a lot of combo blocks on Aaron Donald, but the communication I thought was really kind of the surprising weakness and not surprisingly, they got that part of it rectified. You know, overall, I mean, even Garland got knocked out of the game and Harasu came in and played pretty decently there at the end. So I think their communication was clearly better. I think, you know, the whole plan was better to get the ball out. Once you saw Jimmy G establish a rhythm, you know, he's a rhythm guy and he's got to be in that rhythm and really he hadn't been recently. So once they got rhythm going offensively, I think the Rams were in for a long night. I think the rhythm thing is key. And I don't think it was just Jimmy. Like, I think the offense was out of whack a little bit rhythm wise for the last couple of weeks. I think back to that opening drive against the Eagles. And you know, what's funny is like, I feel like last year and we'd have to go back and look at the numbers exactly and how they did on their opening drives. But it feels like when Kyle has the scripted plays, when they know what they're going to come out and run, they execute that to a T. And it seemed like last year they were on the board almost every opening drive. And we hadn't seen that in a couple of weeks. We saw Nick Mullins not really in rhythm. And Kyle said they tried to get him in rhythm when he overthrew Kyle. 
Juice check. Then Sunday, we saw Jimmy throw those little out routes um, to Debo Samuel. He gets in the open field, and Kyle sort of attributed those plays, and he ran those plays a bunch to Ayuk and to Debo. He attributed Jimmy getting in rhythm to those plays. What do you make of those, and do you like how they're using Debo Samuel? I thought he was fantastic. Well, I mean, I think more than anything, they, you know, they saw the numbers that Jimmy was struggling statistically on pushing the ball down the field. So, you know, they know their offensive line is struggling to protect. You know you got a quarterback who hasn't had success throwing it down the field. So shorten up your routes. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands closer to the line of scrimmage. I think that's what the situation called for, and that's what he did. Now, you know, of the 268 that Jimmy threw for Copes, I think 234 of that 268 were yards after the catch. So we're talking about 34 yards in the air on the day. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say Kyle doesn't trust his line. You could argue Kyle doesn't trust Jimmy, or you could say Kyle is just playing to the strengths of his offense. But I think you're going to see more of that. And I think you'll be interesting to see teams try to take away their behind the line of scrimmage and short passing game, but it's going to be difficult to do. The pass rush really was not spectacular for them at all against the Rams. They didn't get a sack of Jared Goff. They got to him a couple of times, but the secondary played night and day from where it was against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins. Jason Verrett with a huge interception. We look to last year and we say, you know, the, the secondary played very well, but it's also because you had guys like D4 getting to the quarterback. You had DeForest Buckner wrecking games inside and you had Nick Bosa. What do you make about the talent in the secondary right now? Jason Verrett obviously is, is much healthier and is been kind of a game changer in that position but also in conjecture with that like do you think that the offense can carry this team or or do you think they're going to need the defense to play a little bit better you know you brought up several good points I mean one I mean they've lost all their edge rushers and they don't have them and golf threw the ball I would say at least three to five times before he had to in those situations in future games against Russell Wilson, he's just going to hold that ball and break the whole defense down. So they have to come up with a way to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Golf is just so fearful of the rush, and he's got such a tight clock, and he understands he doesn't want to get keyholed. So he got rid of it when he thought he should. But I think we both would agree that there were times where he got rid of it and he didn't need to. And the Niners rarely moved him off the spot. So if they can trade for a Ryan Kerrigan, if they can find some edge speed somewhere, practice squad, free agency, trade, uh, I think they should because I think they're still in their Super Bowl window and it's a glaring need. Now, as far as the secondary is concerned, we talked about this in the pregame. The Niners' best corners, Sherman and Mosley and Verrett, uh, the rest of their corners aren't really NFL. I mean, Ken Webster... Akella Witherspoon, Jamar Taylor, these are borderline NFL players to begin with. So, you know, the fact that they got Mosley back and Brett was still in there, they only really have two capable NFL caliber corners, but it didn't burn them for Mosley to step off the, you know, injured list and right onto the field and play at that level. That was a shock. And then Verrett has continued to get better and better. People will talk endlessly about the pick in the end zone, and they should. But how about the pass defense where he drove on the ball and he closed down the space? Those are the traits that made him a Pro Bowl player right out of the draft. So you got Verrett playing like a Pro Bowler. you got Mosley healthy and playing well. If they can get K1 and Sherman back at some point, and that's a big question, right? Because we don't know if Sherman's thing is an Achilles 
or if it's a calf strain. I think they're okay with their top four corners. I think they're in serious trouble without them. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And just looking at the big picture here, they're now three and three. They're one and one in the division. That's the first division opponent that the Rams have faced. So they fall to the 49ers. They beat all the NFC East teams, or so Rod Brooks calling them the NFC least. So that was kind of funny. But you look forward, and the schedule doesn't get a whole lot easier. They're going out to New England now to take on Cam Newton and the Patriots. Always a tough game when you have to game plan for Bill Belichick. But the Patriots aren't the Patriots of old. What do you make of this matchup coming up this weekend? You know, it's really a hard thing to analyze because. You know, the Patriots, they haven't had a lot of practice time together the last couple of weeks. And, you know, post-game, you heard Belichick say, hopefully we'll be able to practice this week. We certainly need it. They had less than 300 yards against a Denver defense that has no Von Miller. And the Patriots' O-lines down a couple linemen. You know, Belichick's an incredible defensive coordinator, and he'll find a way to take away something, right? He'll take away Kittle, or he'll take away Debo, or he'll do something defensively, wrinkle-wise, to take a weapon or two away. But offensively, Newton has no weapons to target. Edelman might as well retire. I mean, he's just been horrendous this year. And since their week four loss to the Chiefs, which is two weeks ago, they practiced just twice because of their facility being shut down due to the COVID-19. So if you watch this game against Denver, the Patriots were super sloppy. Their O-line totally broke down. The Broncos sacked Cam Newton four times. They hit him eight other times. So personally, I think they're getting the Patriots at the right time. You know you're going to get a better effort than Denver got this week. You can bank on that. But I think it's a winnable game. I think you don't want it to be the get-right game, but I think since they got right against the Rams, and probably the best team they've played to this point, or maybe, I mean, looking at the Dolphins, even they were pretty darn good after how they dismantled the Jets this weekend, but I think you're right. I think it's a winnable game for the 49ers. Tough going back east, but hey, 2-0 and on the East Coast so far, right? Exactly. And the Rams, by the way, had no problem going back east and getting Ws. So, you know, it's it's not ideal, but, you know, to have to make that big travel across country. But in this particular situation, you're getting a Patriots team that is not what they were even at the beginning of the year. I think offensively, you know, if the 49ers can put up three touchdowns, maybe 24, I think they can win the game maybe by 10. I think, I think New England is struggling that much offensively. Last one here before I let you go. I'm wondering about the second half of that game on Sunday. The offense was really good. I felt like we talked about the scripted plays, felt like Jimmy was in rhythm early. Second half, not quite as effective. I know they did move the ball. They got some big first downs at the end with Jermichael Hasty. That was probably fun for you. I know you were a Hasty guy, <laughs> him coming out of Baylor around draft time. I think about you when I see Hasty out there. But I'm just wondering about the second half there. You can't go flat against Bill Belichick. You talk about him taking away elements of your offense. Just in general, sort of last thought on the way out. What did you think about how that second half went as far as play calling went for the Niners? Well, I think it showed the value of Raheem Mostert. You know, I mean, Raheem Mostert, I thought, had an incredible game. I mean, not only is he fast, but he showed in this game he's tough. He's really tough. So he limped off late second quarter, and, you know, they didn't have him going in the second half. I thought, you know, that definitely hurt. I thought Hasty, in some ways, gave them exactly what they wanted, which was just you know, a solid back who can run between the tackles, not fumble, and, you know, run out the game. The only question I have about Mostert is, does he have the power to take those carries in the fourth quarter and stay healthy? He's more of a sports car than a guy who's going to, you know, finish out the game for you. But maybe Jermichael Hasty's that guy. I mean, with Jeff Wilson down, 
Hasty had an opportunity to get those carries, and he didn't disappoint. I mean, his stop and start quickness, and he looked nice. So the key in that first half, really, if you look at the halftime stats, was the Niners possessed the ball so dominantly in that first half that it's almost a foregone conclusion that the Rams would be better in the second half. But to me, it was a lot about not having Mostert. They don't have the ability to sack the quarterback. They get guys who can push the pocket. They get guys who can pressure the quarterback, but they lack speed and closing ability and the ability to put the quarterback on the ground. So, you know, the second half, the Rams were passing a lot. The Niners never really stopped Daryl Henderson, by the way, in the run game. Henderson went for almost six and a half yards of carries. So there's two concerns coming out of this game. They couldn't stop the Rams run. The Rams just didn't commit to it. And they really couldn't pressure the quarterback. Zero sacks, only two hits. And to me, it's a personnel thing. So they may need to look where they can find, you know, I mentioned Ryan Kerrigan, but it doesn't have to be him. It could be Cameron Wake. It could be somebody off the street. It could be a young kid off a practice squad, but they need some help off the edge. Larry, I appreciate the time today, man. We'll keep listening to you two to six Monday to Friday, and we'll catch you pre and post game before and after 49ers games this year. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, anytime, Copes. Always enjoy our conversations. Always great talking football with Larry Kruger and the 49ers task going to be a little bit more difficult on Sunday. Now, Raheem Mostert likely headed to injured reserve, says head coach Kyle Shanahan with that ankle injury and just another one to add to the list for the 49ers. Tack him on to the Nick Boses, the D Fords and the Richard Shermans, all the big stars who were a part of the 49ers run last year. Now not there to help them this year. The offense going to have a much more difficult time, but it'll be up to guys like Jeff Wilson Jr., Jermichael Hasty, and of course, Jet McKinnon out of the backfield. 49ers can also rely on Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel like they did last Sunday against the LA Rams. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the update, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash update to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Thank you to Brian, my producer. Thank you to Larry Kruger. Thank you to you, the listener. We appreciate you tuning in with us. Join us later this week. The World Series underway. We'll take a little look into what's going on in the baseball world, the Rays and the Dodgers. A lot of people in the Bay Area, big Tampa Bay Rays fans all of a sudden this time of year. And of course, just seven weeks into the NFL, a lot to look forward to with the rest of the NFL season. The Raiders, of course, on Sunday night. And we've talked a lot about the 49ers and the Patriots. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you guys on Friday.